You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin in the show. For fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Brewtown Trading Co. Brewtown is the number one destination in Wisconsin for buying, selling, and trading sports cards and memorabilia, and they're giving away Bears Packers ticket. That's right, giving them away. Check them out on social media, give them a shout-out, or stop into the store for more information. Just tell them I sent you. Brewtown, home of the hobbies, biggest hits. Wednesday was an extremely busy day on the Green Bay Packers front. A number of things to get to. Because first it was the Packers signing receiver Ryan Grant, uh, who had been cut by the Raiders. And this was much more than a try and get information out of this player in advance of playing his former team. Much more than that, which we'll get to in a second. And, and it will become clear. Then it was also announced that Jay Sternberger was going to be designated to return from IR. And that means after week eight, he can come back and be a part of this team. You would expect that making that designation signifies from Green Bay that they think when he does come back, he can be an important or at least a useful player in this offense. And why are those related? Well, because then the injury report came out. And on the injury report, Devontae Adams did not practice Wednesday. These are all designations. It was a walkthrough, so not a full practice. But... Devontae Adams didn't practice. Marquez Valdez-Scantling didn't practice. Geronimo Allison didn't practice. That is a problem. Now, Jimmy Graham didn't practice. That seemed like veteran rest. Brian Bulaga, same deal, veteran rest. But the Packers, that is, at practice at least, really the, the top four guys in the passing game that are that are pass catcher first. You know, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, obviously a big part of this passing game, but no Devontae Adams. I don't think we should expect him this week. Geronimo Allison coming off a concussion, shoulder injury. We don't know what the what the real status is there, uh, but it doesn't seem like he is likely to play this week. And then you have MVS, who had this injury during the game. He was trying to get back out there. He did eventually get back out there and play in the second half, but then comes out and doesn't practice. And And this is the thing. Just because he came back and played doesn't mean he's not really hurt because the adrenaline can sometimes carry you through. And he, he came back and made that big catch in the fourth quarter down the sidelines. And you go, okay, well, then he should, he's going to go. He's going to play. It's going to be fine. Except what can happen in these situations, especially if it's an ankle, for example, you, you tweak it, you twist it, and then you're able to keep playing because the adrenaline allows you to push through, the endorphins, the excitement, all that stuff. And then you go to sleep. 
And the next day you wake up and your ankle is the size of a grapefruit. And you're like, well, what am I going to do now? And that could be what happened to MVS. Now, I think it's fair to say he is, you know, there's a good chance he can play. But this Ryan Grant signing maybe suggests otherwise. Because with those three guys out, if those three guys don't play, those are clearly your top three receivers. You're left with Jake Kumaro, Darius Shepard, and Alan Lazard. Those are your your healthy receivers. And that's that's not a great look for the Green Bay Packers. And then you have to bring in Ryan Grant just to have four active receivers on game day. And I don't think there's enough time to really get Grant fully up to speed. Maybe he can play sparingly. But if those top three guys can't go, that really puts you in a bind. Now, what I think we can we can say here is how much different, you know, Geronimo Allison, given the way he's looked this year, how much different is he being on the field than someone like Alan Lazard or Jake Kumaro? We've had this discussion before here. I don't know if if Lazard being on the field for Allison is a clear downgrade. And Kumaro was already on the field. You have Darius Shepard who was playing, and and maybe maybe he was the reason. You know, you first you have the punt return fumble, then you have the uh, drop that turns into an interception, and it turns out Aaron Rodgers told Matt Lafleur, "Come get my guy, Alan Lazard. Put him on the field." because he can make plays, and he did. And Alan Lazard is calling for the ball in the huddles that said, throw it to me. And Rodgers did it. And so, you know, maybe that is a, a burgeoning connection. Maybe that is something that Green Bay can use to its advantage in a game like this Raiders game. Either way, I, I think this signing indicates that at least two of these guys probably not going to be ready, potentially all three not going to be ready. Ryan Grant is going to have to play. And, and that means they're going to have to get him up to speed a little bit. He's certainly going to have to be active. I don't know if he's going to have to play. Green Bay doesn't really go to four receiver sets. He's going to have to be active, it looks like. And I, I like Ryan Grant. And I, I think he is someone who, even if some of these other guys were healthy, should be given the opportunity, has the, has the kind of ability that could push some of these other guys out of roles. Because Grant is... A little bit different type of player. He is a slippery route runner, sudden and and very reliable with his hands. Can catch the ball outside his frame. He can he can contort his body to make catches on the sidelines. Kirk Cousins was was the kind of uh, connection with Ryan Grant when they were in Washington that Cousins knew he could throw it and trust Grant to get it. And that means he plays bigger than you know his six foot frame. And his route running allows him to play faster than his 4-6-40 time. He can be a useful... He started 10 games for the Colts last year. 10 games. And the year before that, I thought he was a useful piece in 2017. That's his best statistical season in the NFL. And I thought he was a useful piece in that Washington offense. I really liked him as a player in 2017. I mean, going back to his Washington days, I have been a fan of Ryan Grant and felt like you know, I thought he would have been more used in, in Indianapolis. I thought that, especially given the talent of receivers there, that he had a chance to be a bigger part of that offense. That didn't happen. But he he has some ability here. And he has an opportunity, a clear opportunity, to come in and, and try and help this team. And, and what you can say about his background, even if it is going to take him some time to get up to speed with this offense. Washington, when he was there, 
they're running a base West Coast offense. And Oakland, where he just came from, is running a base West Coast offense. A lot of the stuff that Oakland does, Green Bay does too. So maybe some of the verbiage is a little bit different, but the concepts are not going to be new. He should be able to come in and you know get up to speed relatively quickly. He is a veteran, and that is something that I think Green Bay could use in this offense right now because all the guys they're relying on, you know, they have talent. There's talent here. Lazard is talented. Even if MBS can play, you know, that's he's talented. Not a veteran. Grant is a veteran. So second reaction plays, he's going to know where to be. Zone coverage, he's going to know when to sit down and when to take off. Man coverage, he has got that that veteran savvy of knowing, all right, if if I'm not really open, how do I have to position my body? Where do I have to be ready for Aaron Rodgers to throw me the ball so I can make that play? That's something that Ryan Grant has the ability to do. And that's why I had advocated when they worked him out last week that he could help the Packers. Uh, former Packers cornerback and and I think teammate of of Ryan Grant in Washington, Will Blackman agreed with me, by the way, via Twitter, that he could help Green Bay. To me, it didn't make sense that he was still on the street. Now, when Oakland traded for Trevor Davis, uh, they did so and then cut Ryan Grant. I didn't, I didn't understand that, especially given the, the bodies at receiver that they have. And we're going to talk about Oakland's team in a little bit. But if Ryan Grant has to play, I think you can have some faith that, that he can come in and be useful. Uh, this is going to be an opportunity, it looks like, for Alan Lazard, one of, of his own making in some ways and, and one of circumstance. And, and I think when we're, I want to start with the defense here in just a second, but I think what we'll find as we go through this, and certainly what stood out to me as I was watching is, this is kind of the week if you're, if you're going to be down receivers because... The Oakland secondary is not great, 26th in DVOA against the pass, and there are opportunities here, and they're not going to create a lot of pressure, and, and you know, this is a week to get your, your running backs and your tight ends going against bad linebackers and, and middle-of-the-field defenders who are not, you know, really impact players. Before we get to that, though, let's talk about Peloton. Peloton is offering a limited time offer to our listeners. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get great cardio at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code LOCKED to get started. Listen up, Packer fans. Here is your opportunity to win free tickets to the Bears-Packers game week 15. This game could be for the division, and Brewtown Trading Co. wants to send you and a buddy for free. Brewtown is your number one destination in Wisconsin for buying, selling, and trading sports cards and memorabilia. Here is how to enter. You can go to Brewtown store on 76th and Cold Spring, just off 894 in Greenfield to receive five entries to win when you mention Locked on Packers. While you're there, check out the shop. They're always stocked with the hottest releases of wax from Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. Plus, they're always interested in your unwanted sports cards and memorabilia. They're always having events, so follow their social accounts for the latest schedule. Use the Locked on Packers hashtag on the Brewtown Facebook page or on Twitter for another free entry to win tickets. Not local? Check out their live breaks on Facebook or have them ship product directly to your house. Again, Brewtown Trading Co. located just off 894 at 76th and Cold Spring in Greenfield and on Facebook and Twitter 
Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits. All right, so let's start with that defense as we go through this Oakland Raiders team because that is that that, that is the side of the ball that I think is going to play the biggest role in the outcome of this game because offensively, you watch this this Raiders team, and I'm not even going to spend that much time on it because I think we spent a lot of time on it yesterday. Our Crossover Wednesday show, if you haven't listened, go check that out. Even though the numbers say this offense is solid, 11th in DVOA, 16th in passing, 3rd in rushing, those are average to above average numbers, and in the case of the run game, really good numbers. I just, man, they just dink and dunk you to hell. Derek Carr, the least aggressive quarterback in the league, throwing the ball down the field, and and the third least aggressive quarterback throwing into coverage. I just don't think you can beat this defense that way. I just don't see how they're going to score enough points, even though they have a good run game. I just don't see how they're going to score enough points to beat Green Bay. The question is going to be, how many points is that? And can the Packers' offense, with a depleted group of receivers, can they take advantage of a Raiders defense that is good against the run, sixth in run defense efficiency? And they have guys up front who can play. This is this is a no-name defensive front, but they're really good. And they do a great job controlling the line of scrimmage. They're seventh in adjusted line yards, which means they're one of the best teams in the league at winning the line of scrimmage. But they are below average getting to the quarterback, 18th in adjusted sack rate and 22nd in pressure rate. So they like to rush four. First and second down, they're going to rush four. And then on third down, especially if they have you in third and you know five plus, that is when Paul Gunther is going to bring pressure. So Green Bay has to stay in third and manageable, and they have to be able to find a way to keep some balance. Because you you look at this Raiders defense and, and the formations that they get into and the personnel that they're using, they're happy to use safeties to cover. Carl Joseph and LaMarcus Joyner are both going to be covering receivers a lot. Well, that mitigates an issue at receiver if you have receivers on safeties consistently. And and it's not that this secondary is bad necessarily, um, because I think Garyon Conley is a talented player, LaMarcus Joyner is a talented player, but they are talented players in specific kinds of ways. LaMarcus Joyner is not great in man coverage. Not he's not big, he's not super fast. He's a he can be a playmaker and and certainly in zone coverage, that's where he's best. But if he's got to cover guys across the field, that's a problem. And the, this Packers team, I, I my guess is they're gonna take the the approach that they used against uh the Detroit Lions, which was, as Booger McFarlane pointed out many times, spread them out and try and run the ball on them. Now, what Oakland does, as Detroit does is they want to keep those linebackers on the field. So they're going to go four down linemen, two linebackers, and a three-safety look. That is, you know, that is a formation that you should be able to run the ball on. And it's also a formation where you should be able to get your running backs on linebackers. So I would be interested in a three-receiver look with two running backs, something the Packers have shown a couple times this year. That's a fun formation, and, and it's an opportunity to make them play nickel and get your running backs lined up against linebackers because Oakland is going to have problems with that. The middle of the field is open against Oakland, but they're always going to play two deep safeties. They're they're almost always in two deep. 
So they want to force you to play the way that they play offensively. Everything has to be underneath unless you're going to make tight window throws to the outside or you're able to attack the middle of the field. So this is the week for your tight ends to play. Robert Tanyan, our guy Big Bob, returned to practice, so that is a positive sign. It can mean the subversion of the role of Jimmy Graham once again and Mercedes Lewis, and those guys can attack the middle of the field. I think Green Bay is going to play a lot of two tight end in this game. I, I don't. So what, what we talked about last week was playing big and making those linebackers cover. And I still think that the spirit of that was right. But what they ended up doing successfully was spreading Detroit out and running on them. And so if Oakland is going to get spread out, if, if the Packers spread them out and are able to run the ball against them, that opens up so much for Green Bay. Then I think you can go to that big personnel and throw the ball, which is something they've been very good at this year. These these are two things, two facets of this Packers offense that I would love to see more because there is so much compelling data to say the best time to run the ball is against light boxes in nickel personnel and the best time to throw the ball is in heavy boxes with big personnel. And Green Bay last week gashed the Lions. Gashed the Lions. 170 yards on the ground. Gashed them with that with that run game. And that was, by the way, playing from behind a lot of the game. Nearly all the game, in fact, uh, until the final seconds. And they were still able to be successful running the ball. I think Green Bay is going gonna, is gonna to have more success running the ball than the Raiders have shown this year, in part because the Raiders really haven't seen a team that can run the ball like this. Denver, they have those two backs, and, and that's a quality group. But, like, Chicago is not a good run team. Kansas City is not a good run team. Some of these these opponents that they face are just not great run offenses, and I think Green Bay, if they spread them out, can get to situations that are advantageous for them, and you can take advantage of the fact that you know they don't have premier pass rushers. Arden Key missed practice on Wednesday uh, with a knee injury. He is one of their best pass rushers. If he can't play, that's a big problem for a team that already can't rush the passer. So if you're going to let Aaron Rodgers sit back there and you're going to play that two shell, you're going to have to cover guys. So even if it's Al Lazard and Darius Shepard and Jay Kumaro out there, if you give Aaron Rodgers three, four, five seconds in the pocket to find people, he's going to. And we saw that last week. So, you know, there is going to be, you know, this, this concern about all these injuries. And yet at the end of the game against the Lions, a good defense Aaron Rodgers was able to find a way. And it wasn't just Aaron Rodgers. It was the run game. When you look at the end of that first half, Jamal Williams breaks off a 45-yard run in the in the two-minute. The fact that they've been able to be so balanced mitigates these issues at, at receiver with these injuries. And it just sort of makes you think, doesn't it, what this offense can be, how scary this offense can be when they get healthy with Devontae Adams, with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and and these backs. And you get Jay Sternberger back, who, you know, who knows? My prediction for most of the season has been Jimmy Graham. You know, that that knee injury that has been, he's been on the injury report early in weeks as, as sort of veteran rest becomes a, oh, yeah, actually he needs to get a knee scope and he's on IR, so they don't have to play him. That is my prediction. 
and we'll see in a week or two. It is also around the same time that the trade deadline is. So we'll see on that as well. And and I didn't mention at the top of the show, and maybe I should have, that Ben Albright, who was on the show Broncos Week, reported that the Packers are one of the teams that have called on Emmanuel Sanders and that all of the teams who have called, including the Patriots and the Packers and, and these other teams, have been told he's not available. Now, he's not available today. Doesn't mean he won't be available tomorrow. Doesn't mean he won't be available in a week or two. Uh, but the the time is running out. End of the month, the 29th is the trade deadline. So uh, we are less than two weeks from that. Denver's season could be, you know, they're teetering on the brink now. It could have be, they could be unteetered. It could be over in a week or two. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but this defense is one that is exploitable, although they were more impressive to me on tape, at least against Chicago. Now, this is against Chase Daniel. I understand that. Chase Daniel threw two of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. And without those interceptions, the Raiders don't win that game. I think even, I hate to say this, even with Mitch Trubisky, I think the the Bears might win that game. Uh, that was that was what they needed. Uh, I, I, don't see, I don't see Aaron Rodgers playing that way. So even with all of that said, I think, you know, the, the fact that they can't rush the passer, much like what the, the Detroit Lions did, if Green Bay can cut down on some of these drops, cut down the pre-snap penalties, they should be able to take advantage of this Raiders defense and score points. Before we finish up here, let's talk about my bookie. Do you ever find yourself wishing that you could make some extra cash with your NFL knowledge? You are, after all a Locked On Packers listener, so you should have a lot of knowledge about the Packers and the team they're playing that week. At MyBookie, they can make your dream become a reality. Between football, Major League Baseball, NBA is about to start, NHL, it's time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to MyBookie.ag because they give you the most ways to win. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, so get off the sidelines. If you really want to support your team this season, throw some money down on them. And right now, MyBookie will double the first deposit for my listeners. Go to MyBookie.ag, enter the promo code Locked On, and they will double your first deposit. Money just for money. No odds, no parlays, no teasers. You give them money to bet with, and they will give you more money to bet with. It is that easy. Go to MyBookie.ag, promo code Locked On, because at MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Just quickly here, I wanna I wanna talk about the Raiders offense because certainly the the big question for the Packers is are they gonna be able to stop Josh Jacobs and this offense? The run offense in particular. They are third in adjusted line yards, seventh in adjusted sack rate. So it is hard to get to Trevor Davis and it is hard to stop this run game. That is something that Green Bay is gonna have to focus on. And so that means Goodson and Burks are going to have to play. And it means that you're going to have to play more of that those multiple safety looks. Well, we, we found out Ibrahim Campbell, by the way, is going to start practicing uh, coming off the, the ACL last year, coming off PUP. We don't know if he's going to play. We'll see what the situation is with him as the week moves forward, what it looks like with him. He is someone who, if Darnell Savage can't go, Darnell Savage also did not practice Wednesday. Campbell can be a factor allowing Adrian Amos to play a more natural safety position and give Green Bay another weapon in the back end. Right now, the thing about the Raiders offense is 
we, we mentioned Derek Carr. They're a conservative offense that is punctuated by the head coach. I mean, Gruden punted on fourth and three from the Bears 36 on the first drive in London. I mean, what the heck? What is that? It, it, is, it is not the case that they only call short routes, however. They have some interesting play-action looks. Carr just won't throw it. Just will not throw it deep. Refuses. Is allergic to throwing the ball down the field. And, you know, I don't know why you sign Antonio Brown if that's the case. I don't know why you sign Tyrell Williams if that's the case. Obviously, Antonio Brown not on this team. Tyrell Williams dealing with plantar fasciitis doesn't seem like he's going to play. And Trent Brown... Didn't practice Wednesday with a calf. He is in the headlines right now because he's been accused by an ex-girlfriend of domestic violence. Now, we don't know if that is going to affect his status for this game. Clearly, in this situation with this story, that is not the headline. That is not the major takeaway from that story. You hope for for everyone's sake that there is a positive resolution to that, that, that no matter what the outcome, this is ugly for Trent Brown and the Raiders. And you just... You know, it's the kind of thing that that happens too often in the NFL. It happens too often in our country, and that's that. You know, that, that's not a football comment, but it's the truth. And so, uh, we don't know if he's going to play, and we don't know if this story is going to affect his availability in this game. We do know that that Oakland likes to play big. They only they are only an eleven personnel about forty two percent of the time. So more than half the time, well over half, in fact, they're in big personnel. Whether it's two running backs. Alec Ingold, the former Badger, is their fullback. They love to play with a bunch of different tight ends. And all of them can catch. All of them can be a factor in the passing game, though none of them are the kind of impact player that TJ Hawkinson can be or Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz and those kinds of guys. They're just not to that level. Uh, it is interesting, though, to see Trevor Davis out there. They they got Trevor Davis the ball basically immediately. I mean, they they made that deal, and and he's a part of this offense. He, you know, against the against the <laughs> the Bears, he was he was pretty much their number one receiver, which tells you the status of the the Raiders' offense as well. Right now, they also traded for Zay Jones. I don't know how acclimatized he is to this offense at this point, so I don't know what we can expect in terms of his availability. But they're they're in two receiver sets most of the time. Green Bay should be able to shut down this passing game. And if there's a way to beat Green Bay, it's down the field. That's the only way you can beat this Packers defense. You can create some things down the field because of their aggressiveness. You can use their aggressiveness against them and create some shot plays. Raiders don't do that. Can't do that. They would have to play completely out of character to pull that off. Now, does it mean they can't? Truly? I mean, truly can't. No. Does it mean it's likely? No. So it's it's just the kind of thing that they don't have the players on the outside to give Green Bay problems. If you want to try and win the game by running Josh Jacobs 30 times, look, that is that is more than within your rights as an offense. You are not going to go to Lambeau, even on a short week, even with all of the injuries, and beat the Green Bay Packers doing that. You're just not. I mean, Green Bay would have to average... You know, like they'd have to give up like eight yards a rush for that to be viable. And in the case of this Raiders team, I mean, hell, just just play huge. Play huge and trust your cornerbacks. Because they can't, these receivers are not going to be able to beat man coverage. 
So just don't give them any passing lanes. Don't give them rush lanes. And, I mean, <laughs> it's called defense. This is, is dynamic stuff, dynamic analysis, paradigm-altering analysis here. But, <laughs> but you can trust your cornerbacks to just cover guys. They don't have anyone that can beat Jair Alexander or Kevin King. They just don't. And so you can dedicate more resources. This is not like Dallas. You can dedicate the resources to stopping the run game because the receivers can't beat you over the top. And even if they can, Derek Carr's not going to find you. So you you can play aggressive. You can run blitz. You can play big. And if they're going to throw the ball to Josh Jacobs and and Jalen Rashard and and the tight ends a bunch, they're just I, I just don't see how they can be successful enough. I don't see how they can protect their car enough, not with Colton Miller on the outside. I know they're going to get, or they're likely to get their, their guards back, but man, I just, I don't see it with this offense. So I like the Packers in this game, even with the injuries and the, the six points, seven points, depending on where you're looking. So that's where we are heading into tomorrow. And tomorrow we will have our Periscope show live for central five Eastern I believe that's too Pacific if my math is decent on that. So we'll have that discuss the injury report. We actually have a regular week this week, which is wild. And uh, the Packers the Packers don't. And, and Aaron Rodgers pointed out they face the Lions coming off a bye. They're going to play the Raiders coming off a bye. And then they have to go to Kansas City, who will be coming off a mini bye because they play tonight. So not an ideal part here. This is why getting this Raiders win is huge. If you can go 2-1 and one in this stretch at worst then you're really doing something and, and setting yourself up for the rest of this run. So if you want to watch the Periscope stream tomorrow, follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. The podcast is on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Easiest way to find the stream. You can also go on Periscope, follow me there. Same username, Peter underscore Bukowski. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate that. And uh, it is always amazing to me. We hear listeners. I hear from you and and... You say, hey, you know, last night was the first time I listened to the show. Great stuff. That's awesome. And and welcome. So if you're a new listener, we appreciate you. What's up? Go leave a review, iTunes, subscribe, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Lockdown Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Lockdown Packers fan hotline, send me a text, leave me a voicemail, and I will answer your question, comment, whatever it is. You can do that 920 341 three seven seven five to stay locked on Packers.